Hey, Tony. What's going on, buddy? What's up, man? Hey, uh, do you want to tell everybody the big news? Dude, I am excited. We get to go somewhere. So uh, you can catch Tony and I in Zion National Park May 1st through May 5th. We're going to be with Miss Elizabeth Fay at the Hair Love Retreat. Oh, my goodness, man. We're going to be hanging out with some of the biggest names in the industry. Yeah, man. So uh looks like a bunch of our friends are going to be there. So Maddie Conrad's going to be teaching some barbering. I know that you can get, um, what is it, lace-haired uh, yep. extension certified. Sure enough. Sure. And our good friend uh, doing the textured hair, Miss Laisha. Miss Laisha. We can get to hang out with Laisha in the desert. Love Miss Hayden. Yeah. <laughs> and her, her, and her home girl. That's right. The one and only, the amazing, the best social media girl in the game, Miss Olivia Smalley. Yeah. We're, Dude, I am so pumped, man. I am too. Like, I can't, I can't believe that we actually got invited to, to be there. And, um, you know, as our listeners, uh, uh, Elizabeth was kind enough to, uh, to actually give you $500 off. So if you use our code, you're going to get $500 off Hair Love Retreat. And that is Hair to Street Hair Love. All one word. Yep. So, hair to Street Hair Love. So if you uh, type in Hair to Street Hair Love, you're going to get $500 off your ticket. It's going to be really cool. You're going to get to meet us. You're going to get to meet a bunch of other people that are, um, well, all those people that we announced. And there's so many, many, many more that are going to be there. Yeah. So just go find out, uh, you know, the, the rest of the people are going to be there. And maybe we can uh, take a poll of who they want us to interview. Oh, that'd be a great idea. So, yeah, so we're going to be doing some interviews there. So uh, so you can go to uh, hairloveretreat.com and you'll see who's going to be there. And uh, tell us who you want us to talk to. What's up, brother? Hey, man. I want to uh, give a big thanks to uh, our sponsors uh, today. Thank you, Schedulicity. Thank you so much for doing what you do for our industry. You give so much love. You give so much love to us. We want to uh, thank you from the bottom of our heart. Well, uh, in 2019, they changed the industry, right? They changed the industry with both Schedulicity Cares by giving away $5,000 a month to a hairdresser and some barbers, right? And uh, with Schedulicity Pays. Yeah, and Schedulicity Pays was huge. Ginormous. Yeah, and, and it definitely, definitely will save you money. Yeah. No I mean, doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, a 1.99% processing fee and for $0.10 cents a, a swipe, I mean, you do your research. You can't find better. No, and a free card reader. And a free card reader, that's right, <laughs> which is integrated right into the app, right? So you don't have to leave the app. Everything is, uh, is right there for you. Yeah, and also we want to bring to the family. Yeah, so uh, we're also excited to talk about uh, salon scales and welcome them, um, and then they give you the price, which then in turn you you uh, you you forward to your to your uh, client. So what they're doing is they're doing labor and product. So you charge for your labor, you know, you charge X amount, you know, per per hour, and then you're also um, charging for your product. But they kind of walk you through that. But more importantly to me is you see exactly how much product you're using. And, and exactly how much product that, it, that it's costing you, right? So, like, I know, for instance, like, I was way undercharging, like, for either a gloss or, or, or for a toner because I was using more product than I was actually charging for it. So, you know, for years and years and years, I've been losing money with those services. Well, now I've, I've readjusted my, schedule, my, my pricing, so now I can, I can make some more money on, on, on those products. Or, so, 
Not lose money. <laughs> not lose money. Exactly. I mean, literally, it's crazy when you do a gloss and now it's costing you money. You know, that, that's, that's just silly to like think about. Like taking your car to a mechanic and they charge you for labor and not for parts. Exactly. Right. You know, exactly. So now now they've given us the ability to charge for that. Um, and, and again, just for me, the, the biggest aha for me was just the awareness of, of, of what these products are actually costing me because I had no clue before. A really, uh, another really cool thing about Salon Scales is that you just put in whatever product line that you're using. And, and it's already preset in the, uh, in the app. You just go to their website and you go, hey, I'm using this product line, that product line, this product line. And it just, it automatically puts it in the app for you. So when you're, when you're weighing your, your product, you just boop, 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 boop. And even if like, like because we're independent, what do you got to do? Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> because we're independent, you know, we use, we use, it's not just one product line that we use or one color line that we use. Like I use, um, I use Schwarzkopf uh, Lightner, but I use Redken um, uh, shades and it's, and you're able to put all those products in there so you can weigh exactly, uh, exactly what you, uh, what you want. So they're making it super easy for you. They're making it incredibly easy for you and you're saving money and you can actually make money because I think I said earlier, you can, you can set the price to whatever you want to charge for that. Meaning like if a tube of color is costing you $10, you can mark it up. So it's $20. So when you forward that to your client, that, um, little bit of a, a, a margin there as well. It's, it's so great. Um, again, just thank you very much, Salon Scales. Thank you for being on board with us. And, uh, and we can't wait to see how you guys change the industry in 2020. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey and of course I'm sitting with my best friend, Tone. What's up? Although I've tried to give away his uh, chair the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I appreciate you anyway. I love you anyway. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, so um, so once again, this is part three of our of our discussion about culture with Brian Noonish, and like the other two have been amazing. So if you haven't heard the other two, you know, uh, pause this right now, go back and listen to the uh, the last two uh, podcasts that we did. Yeah, Brian. I mean, it, it, just the conversations, the, per, the perspective. It's it really, really has been, and you know, and and it all leads up to what we're going to about to talk about today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. putting it all together, right? Put it all together. You know, it, kind of talk about, you know, where you are versus where you need to be and, you know, how to just how to get to where you want to go and yeah. just how to put it all together. Love it. Let's, l- 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 there's a lot to talk about here. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, should we get in? Yeah. So Brian Nunes, welcome back to your day off. Gosh, I, I brought my sleeping bag this time. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not leaving now. Right. Come on, move on in. I'm like Jackie gonna... the Joke Man now. Like, I'm, I'm you know, yeah. Fred. Fred. Fred, he's part of the show. As a matter of fact, I won't even kick Tony out. We'll just bring a third chair in. Thanks, call man. me Baba Booey. Baba right. Booey. <laughs> What's up, Baba Booey? So the last two weeks have been amazing, man. Thanks uh, thanks for sharing your uh, your insight, your knowledge, your, uh, your, your your storytelling abilities and, and, and all to give. I appreciate you having me on, man. It's, you guys make it easy to hang out. Oh, man. And, and thank you for just loving on the industry so much. Yeah, no doubt. That's it, right? Yeah. You know, that's what it That's a good way to say it. 
Loving on the injury. Industry. It's loved on me. Lo- Would you say loving on the injury? <laughs> yeah, I think I did. <laughs> that too. <laughs> the injury is being over 50. That's, right. that's what the Amen. Is. My check engine light is on regularly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That hey, is the truth. So Brian, so the last two, like we, uh, you know, we, uh, we kind of broke down and, uh, you know, talked to the philosophies of, uh, of kind of, um, what culture is, but, uh, like today is like, uh, you know, nuts on bolts and stuff. So, um, uh, let's kind of get in. So, uh, Tony set it up with like, you know, kind of assessing, uh, where you are, what, what's that look like? Well, I definitely think it's important in order to, to know where you get, where you want to go, you got to know where you are kind of thing. <clears throat> and right. so road mapping. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I think it's important. One of the hardest things uh, for me, and even still, is because, you know, you're looking at your own self. Like, how can you be an impartial uh, judge and jury of your own self kind of thing? And so um, when I when I'm when I talk to people on how to gain clarity, I think one of the important things and we touched on this, I believe it was in the, the, the last episode is that you know we as humans and leaders have a tendency in times where you know we're facing difficult situations to defend and explain or to justify or to lay blame or or to deny something and i would just sort of encourage you to get connected to what that looks like like surround yourself with a group of people that you've got a high level of trust in and let them know what you want for the organization is to have an environment that is safe, judgment-free, free to fail. And part of the responsibility that they have in creating that is to help you see right. yourself. Uh, for when you are justifying, when you are defending and explaining something, rather than acknowledging what's in front of you and then asking a clarifying question. I think that's the hardest thing to do, whether it's resolving conflict with a loved one, whether it's internal communication, whether it's establishing a system um, or an attitude or a belief, is to acknowledge what's in front of you and then ask a clarifying question. So an example of what that would look like is, you know, it seems like I've upset you or what I've said to you in this situation has been upsetting to you. Rather than being so identified in your narrative, acknowledge the person in front of you, no matter how crazy you think that they are or how wrong they are or or how much less experience they have than you have. Acknowledge what's happening and then ask a clarifying question, you know, even if it's something like, can you tell me more about it? Right. Tell me more about that. You know, it feels to me like you're, you're upset about this. Can you put your finger on why it is? Talk to me about more about it rather than, and, and I'm being a bit ambiguous here, but it's only because these situ, there's opportunities within your business every single day, all day, even within your own interpersonal relationships to do this rather than, you know, well, that's in place because of this. And had you gone and asked so-and-so, then we wouldn't have done this. Or do you feel like you're justified in reacting this way? Just acknowledging the person in front of you and asking a clarifying question is going to give a lot of clarity and offer a lot of opportunity for direction. 
That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing is, you know, like we pointed out in the beginning, every, every culture is going to stem from your values, purpose, and your vision. I haven't found anything that suggests any different than that. And so what does that mean? Well, it makes sense then that you've got to determine what is valuable to you. What do you value within your organization that you're just simply not going to compromise over anymore? You got to identify what those are. And it starts with pen to paper. You know, write them down, write down 15 or 20 and then bring in your team that, that, that you've got a high level of trust in and have an open dialogue. Hey, um, when you're, when you sit down with those people, give them a vision of what the future could potentially look like. In other words, look, I've been sitting and thinking about our organization and clearly we get bogged down by emotion and inconsistencies and i need to own that and one of the things that i've learned recently is that in for us to move forward efficiently and without emotion and productively i need to identify what our values are and because you're an important part of this organization i'd like your input i've gotten started by jotting down about 20 of them but i'd like to invite the three or four of you in to talk about these to maybe pick a handful that we're going we're gonna to hang our flag on. And this is how we're going to move forward. And the idea behind it is it'll give us a way, a beacon to support, and, and, uh, to support one another on rather than create this sort of punitive, uh, uh, unrealistic expectation that's all fear-based. Start there. You know, have a conversation. Identify what they are. And then communicate them to the rest of your team. Ask those people, are these important to you? What do they mean to you? What does transparency mean to you? What does trust mean to you? What does family mean to you? What does humility mean to you? Is it important to you? Those kinds of conversations, I think, are a great place to start. And I think you'll find when you invite people to participate like that, they're going to have buy-in, man. They're going to be in. They're going to meet you in a way that they've never met you before. There's going to be a shared vulnerability there, and it's going to be a diving board, a a propeller into something different for you. So I think that's a great place to start. And they'll also have, they'll feel like they have ownership of it as well. Mm -hmm. Mm. Autonomy is something, you know, that's another word that gets thrown around a lot. And and for me, what autonomy means is self-governing. It means that, that I can govern myself. Well, <clears throat> how do you govern yourself? Like, you, we can't all just run around and be rampant and make decisions that, that what we think is best for us. We've got to have shared values. And if they're communicated and understood and articulated and reinforced, then you can have an environment where, as you say, I get to have ownership. I get to have autonomy. I can self-govern because we all understand and agree what's important to us. Mm. It's and listening to you, Brian. I just I just kind of feel like like you're so evolved in in, in this and in, in owning kind of like how you're going to react to and you know I mean you're the parent of I don't know what sixty hairdressers or you know sixty in your staff or, or whatever that number is and just like. 
my second thought is like, there's no way that you could have grown this company as big and as successfully that you have without this. Right. So if, if it was like, I think in the first podcast, you talked about how, you know, you ran around yelling at people about not sweeping up and like, there's no way that you're going to build, you know, because now it's just people tolerating you, you know, not people believing in you. So there's no way that yeah, you're never going to find that many people that like you. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I just, I, there's just no way that you can have growth without that. And, and, and like Brian said, I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, but you know, Brian, there's no way that Brian could have built this company without him believing in himself really. And what, and what that means. And not in a kind of an arrogant way, but like, you know, believe in this system and, and, and how he does it. The system is definitely bigger than me. Um, I, I believe in my role and ability to communicate the values um, in relevant situations. I'd like to give you another example, if I could, when we're talking Please. about like <clears throat> how to establish where to begin kind of thing, what, what a future looks like within a culture that has a shared consciousness, a shared understanding. Because what happens is you're, you are equipped to handle conflict. You know, conflict is going to arise. What defines you is how you handle it, not whether it happens or not. We had a situation that's very common in salons where there were a lot of people hanging out in the back room. And that puts the, the onus on the newer people where they're constantly having to do all the towels and all the dishes. And there becomes this haves and haves nots resentment. And then the people that are busy behind the chair convince themselves that they're justified in being in the back room because they're rainmakers and they're tired kind of thing. And it's this self um, self-serving narrative that everyone's telling themselves, including the newer people that feel like they're being stuck with everything. And so the solution for the, that the leadership came up with was that they were going to remove some of the chairs around the break room table to limit occupancy. And it made sense to them, so they just went ahead and did it. They removed three chairs. And over the next couple of months, there started to be this internal dialogue in the back room amongst the same players. You know, you know who they are. Well, I don't know. They took the chairs out of the back room and now I got no place to sit. And, you know, and this is bullshit and all this sort of this sort of destructive dialogue. Well, during one of the one on ones that I had with a, a team member, she brought me into awareness about these conversations. And I asked her, why are you telling me this? And she was telling me because the dialogue wasn't productive. And I asked her, did you participate? And she goes, yeah, I was part of the dialogue. And I said, well, what, how would you have liked to have handled it? And she goes, honestly, I really don't know. That's why I'm coming to you. And I said, well, can I offer a suggestion? She said, yeah. And I said, well, what if you would have gone up to these two people that were having the conversation and said, I totally understand what you're feeling, but what I would ask you is what part of the dialogue that you're having right now is leading to a different result for you? Is it productive for you? And she said, huh? I said, what does that feel like to you? She said, it sounds good. I'm glad I brought it up. I'd, I'm, I'd like to try it out. So she didn't have the tools ahead of time, but she did recognize that what was happening was destructive in the business and that's why she brought it up to me further conversation with her continuing to acknowledge and ask 
acknowledge her feelings. You know, look, I felt justified. Like I can become identified with the narrative. All you people sitting in the back room doing nothing. And I've got to pay people to clean the salon. You know, you can become identified with whatever narrative you want. Just know that in a healthy culture, there's no room for that. You've got to acknowledge the reality of what's in front of you and ask a clarifying question. And so I said to her, what do you think really is the problem here? And she came to it, man. And this is the magic behind a healthy culture. She said, we weren't consulted. We weren't involved in the decision. The decision just got made. Mm. And so even though, guys, it was the right decision, the way that the decision was made, there was such an understanding and collective belief within this culture. We've got the same values, attitudes, beliefs, behaviors, characteristics, and practices that this young lady knew that even though it was the right thing to do to change the behavior, it wasn't executed within the values of the organization. So the leadership had violated the values that we established. And we got called out, we got coached up by other people. And so that's the beauty of it. Now it gave me the opportunity in a staff meeting to stand in front of them and say, hey, look, I've got to own this. This is what happened. I feel like it's the right decision, but the decision was made that, and it wasn't inclusive, and that's outside of the values of the organization, and I need to apologize for that. And instantly, the fucking air out of the balloon is gone because nobody's defending and explaining. We got to that place. It's not about the chairs. It's not about camping in the back room. It's not about whether we're justified or not in, in putting whatever system we put in place. It's that we didn't execute it within the values that we've all bought into. Mm. And so I would encourage people, establish your values because you're not smart enough to run an organization and handle every situation that you come across based on your mental capacity for the day. You need that lighthouse. You need that beacon to refer back to. And ultimately, it's going to give you an opportunity to fall on the sword once in a while when it's appropriate. Mm. Mm. That is so, so good. I, I, I love that within that story that, that really Brian had zero to do with the situation. But because it's his company that, like, like he said, he had to fall on the sword, right? Like, like he had to take that for the team and not only did they have to take it but it was the right thing to do like you know, he set up this he set up you know the, he he set up these values and his company or someone within his company um you know uh failed to recognize those values and you know but but he has to take it and 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 like he said the buck stopped with him so there was no nobody had to get defensive because he said i'm taking it right that's well, amazing. and here's the thing, like you wanted, you don't want the people who made the decision to take the chairs out of the room to feel penalized. Like it happened. Like everybody has a responsibility, including the people who were talking shit about the way the decision was made. Like mm. it, it's not the person, oftentimes it's not the person who created the problem. It's the person who's in awareness that didn't act with, the, with an action that's aligned with the intention of the organization. 
So in other words, like the girls that were talking shit in the back room, even though they were justified in their belief because the decision was made outside of the values of the organization, their behavior was still destructive. They still need to be coached. And the girls, even though they made the decision to pull the chairs out, that was a a reasonable solution and certainly one that we still have in place right now, even though it was the right thing, it wasn't done within the values of the organization. That doesn't make them bad people. Every, it just, the whole situation just needs to be observed and talked about, not judged because when you judge, then there's a hero and a villain. And when there's a hero and a villain, there's going to be a negative consequence that results from it after that. You want to put it to bed, you know, and in a situation like that, when you've got values, we make community decisions. That's how we do it, period. And this decision was made Uh, without community. And so right there, it just takes the air out of the balloon. It's nobody's fault. It's just, hey, this is where we made a misstep. We acknowledge it, we handle it, we move on, and nobody's butt hurt. (laughs) Amazing. The the problem lies when you've got like a situation, like I could have been an owner and been like, you know what? I don't care if you're pissed. Get out of the back room. You shouldn't be in the back room anyways. And you know what? If you, if, you, if you had time on, you shouldn't have that much time to sit back there anyways. I mean, how many times have you heard an owner or a manager take that approach? Well, what that does is compromise trust. And when you compromise trust in our environment, trust is a value. Now you've got leadership acting in a way that's compromising one of the values. Well, we know where that train ends. Mm. With a walkout, right? Yeah. 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 Man, Brian, that's amazing. So, um, so did you, again, I kind of go back to like, you're just so evolved in the way that, 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 that you run your business and that you, that you see this. Did you like, like, how did you self teach? Was it like, did you read books? Did you, did you, do you have a reading list that you've used or is this just about like smoking pot and working around the world, walking around the world? <laughs> Oh man, you know, that kind of thing is a pay me now or pay me later. And I'm paying later right now, man. Like I said, my, my check engine light is on. I'm, those days are behind me. Um, gosh, Corey, I, I, it's all really self-learned, man. But I think it's, right. it's self-learned in the sense that um, I'm afraid, you know, I'm afraid. I mean, I'm afraid of, of, not being relevant and not having the the environment that we have and not continuing to grow and i think fear when it's harnessed in a good way it can be a good motivator you know mm-hmm. i mean I, i've certainly recognized that I, I tell um i don't know if you know jay williams but i'll often rely on jay you know a lot and i'll tell him all the time i'm the weakest link in the business and he disagrees but that's just how i see myself regularly And I think it's healthy for everyone in the environment to just recognize that, hey, um, I'm limited by my own beliefs, you know, and I need the people around me to help me get better. I mean, I, I, I often ask my staff, do you feel like there's a disconnect or consistency between how you see yourself and how the rest of the world sees you in any given situation? You know, when you're acting crazy, when you're happy, you know, as how you see yourself, there's often 
a disconnect between how the rest of the world sees you and how you see yourself. And I think just having a genuine humility and curiosity for how you're being perceived so that you can at least be intentional with your actions to get the results you want. I'll be honest with you, man. It's your fucking responsibility. It's not whether you want to do it or not. You either do it or you don't do it and you suffer the consequences. Plain and simple. That's it. And, you know, I mean, and, and what, Brian's, what Brian was saying is we're all guilty of that. I mean, I certainly know that I'm, I'm guilty of it. And, and, and I try hard, but there's definitely times where there's, that vulnerability takes over. And, uh, How many times have you faced a situation in, with conflict or, or a difficult situation, whether it be in an interpersonal relationship or, or professionally, where after you've left the dynamic, now you've got two problems? <laughs> You know, the one that you started with and the one you created with the way you reacted to it. Sure. Yeah. It, my wife tells me that all the time. 100%. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I mean, you know, Tony just made a joke about that. But then, like, do you, do you approach your, your, your marriage or your relationship with, with your lady uh, with the same open-mindedness? Or, or was, that, was that a harder track or was that an easier track or... Well, yeah. here's the problem with that, man. When you write a book about something like that and then you've got conflict at home, then, <laughs> then, <laughs> then your wife is like, oh, you'll write it in the book, but you won't practice that. You know, I mean, I'm getting that shit right now. I can tell you. So <laughs> the, you know, the regrets of writing a book, <laughs> dude, I'm human. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not this is coming. All of this is coming from a place of practice, not mastery. I mean, you know, I had I'll tell you, I had a situation the other day where I had a, 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 a sheer um, distributor. You know, I won't, I won't name the company, but, you know, they sent one of their reps in and he opened his shears all over the, the front desk. And he's like conducting business at the front desk. And I went up and went off, you know, and now I got two problems. And so, yeah, I had to call him later and talk to him. And, you know, he was new to the industry and he didn't really understand that he was selling relationships, not scissors. And the way to go about it is to contact the owner of the organization and build rapport. And I had that conversation with him, but I reacted inappropriately and he could have been justified in telling me to go, you know, pound sand. And, and I would have left him with a negative impression of my organization, the way that, the way that I reacted. And so, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm not a master at this stuff, man. I'm just committed mm -hmm. to the practice. Committed to the practice. That's kind of like, you know what, uh, doing yoga years ago, that's what, it, that was my biggest learn from that. If I didn't learn anything from yoga, not just to be more flexible, but that, that, that yoga and your life is your practice, right? And like, you're only as good as the effort that you put in. It's funny that you mentioned that. I, this is not a plug at all, but that's the metaphor for the last chapter of the book. It's, it, it, it talks about the practice of yoga and and how it is similar to this, really, because it is a practice. There is no destination, man. It's just constantly trying to be in awareness and practice and allow others to practice. And have the humility to allow others to practice. It's absolutely. Mm. And, and, and I, think, I think it's important um, as elder statesmen of the industry now. And <laughs> I, I think it's also important that, that we give permi people permission to recognize their practice. Mm. You know? And, well, you, you talked about the last chapter, you know, this, uh, this, this, this awkward plug. But uh, so uh, finish off that awkward plug and tell us, um, you know, uh, where we can find your book, the name of it, yada, yada. Yeah, it's called Blown Away. Um, 
It's uh, what Pizza Pot and a Walk Around the World taught me about life and leadership. And it's available in uh, hardcover and paperback and Kindle version at www.justblownaway.com. Love it. And then uh, talk about your uh, talk about your app too that uh, that that you guys have created at at, at Blow. Yeah. So if you've ever had a situation where you've had an improperly booked new color guest or um, uh, a, a color guest that's been booked with a stylist who it shouldn't have been with, we developed an app that uh, helps you create the perfect color guest. And it's available at SnapSnip app, S-N-A-P-S-N-I-P-A-P-P.com. Uh, it's a recurring membership at $25 a month. And um, it's taken our color business from 39% of our gross sales to 53% of our gross sales and Huge. certainly helped us evolve tremendously. It's, it's worth the $25 investment. And coming soon in the new year, if you're a L'Oreal customer or a member of any PPD brand, you'll be able to redeem your level points on SnapSnip memberships. Boom. That's so strong. Um, just looking into the future, uh, we, uh, we hope to sit down with Brian and do a couple more of these, uh, of these, uh, these, these three session PhDs that, 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 that we receive. And, you know, listen, Brian, I just, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for, for joining us on, on your day off. And, you know, thanks for being a part of our yeah. culture and our community and, and, and sharing your knowledge. Yeah. And just loving on us, man. We appreciate you. You guys are awesome, man. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here. And thanks for inviting me back. 100%. Once again, Brian Nunes, thank you very, very much for, for coming back on right? or, or yeah. for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>